Nerd Noise Radio! Show of hands, dear listeners, how many of you have just that one special game soundtrack that means the world to you and rises above all the rest? I'm guessing that will be almost all of you. Personally, I'm too fickle and non-committal and too prone to choice paralysis for such declarations myself, feeling a mental sensation whenever I try that I can only describe as unpleasantly reminiscent of 500 people all trying to rush through an ordinary bedroom door all at once. But as is true, far more often than not in such cases, I suspect that I am the one who is ultimately the anomaly here, rather than the other way around. Today, we have a special guest who is much more adept than myself at making such commitments, and who most definitely has such a soundtrack of her own. A soundtrack which we originally planned on featuring for Masters of EGM, and then COVID happened and derailed those plans. So, though not officially a MoVGM episode, please feel free to consider it, a MoVGM outtake. And with that, allow me to hand the reins over to today's guest, my longtime personal friend and author, the blatantly pseudonymed Kitty. Now, you call me an author, but I have yet to complete the book. I'm just, I, I have the rough draft. And the pseudonym Kitty, I've had for quite a while and that's going to be my author name for the book because you have to have a pen name right and that one's fine you are tuned to nerd noise radio channel one noise from the hearts of nerds a program of the nerd noise radio network we're kitty and saint john Today's broadcast is C1E79 for Soundtrack Saturday, September 23rd, 2023. Today's soundtrack is Shadow Blasters on the Sega Genesis, a game that is very close to my heart, composed by Kim Songdong. Special thanks to YouTuber Random VGMs for the audio today. Originally intended to be an episode of Masters of VGM Season 2. Sit back and relax as we bring you 23 minutes and 58 seconds of the best noise. Choose your own adventure? A track list with timestamps can be found in the show notes. Read along to know where you are. Read ahead to know where you're going. Or just don't read at all and be surprised and delighted as you're carried along on the gently twisting, sloping waves of delicious VGM. We'll be back at the end with track listing and show info. Kitty, 
You've been listening to Nerd Noise Radio. You just heard C1E79, the Shadow Blaster soundtrack on the Sega Genesis, composed by Kim Song-dong. We begin our program with title theme, introduction part one, introduction part two, options and character select, and Mountain and Glen. Into the thick of it, we have boss theme, round clear, street and forest, harbor and future. And after those first six that you can select, you're funneled into Wicked World, then Heavenly Sky, Final Boss, aka Space, Ending Theme, and Continue. And our final track of the day is Game Over. Our intro and outro music is Funky Radio from Jet Grind Radio on the Sega Dreamcast, composed by BB Wrights. You can find track listing and program information for all our episodes, as well as video game-related articles on our blog at nerdnoiseradio.blogspot.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Mastodon, YouTube, Podbean, or on archive.org. And you can reach us at any time by email at nerd.noise.radio at gmail.com. Also, be on the lookout for a Discord channel. We have a Facebook page, Nerd Noise Radio, that you can follow. Or better yet, join us on one of our two Facebook groups, Nerd Noise Radio Easy Mode, where we share tracks and just have general video game and nerd fun. Or for the gearheads among you, Nerd Noise Radio Expert Mode where you can deep dive sound hardware, composer info, and music theory. Or feel free to join them all. Nerd Noise Radio is also available on the Retro Junkies network at www.theretrojunkies.com. And we are a member of the VGM podcast fans community on Facebook. Join the community at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash VGM podcast fans. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Verbal, V-U-R-B-L, or (laughs) just reach out to us on our social media or email. Your feedback is immensely valuable to us, and we would love to hear it. Your reviews are tremendously helpful and very appreciated as well, as they help to propel Nerd Noise Radio to new and larger audiences. By this point, if you're listening to this, I imagine you are more than well acquainted with Channel 2, Nerd Noise Game Club. But just in case you are not, it is a completely different kind of show. A lot less music, a lot more conversation. Intended to be the yang to Channel 1's yin and vice versa. Deep where Channel 1 is shallow. Shallow where Channel 1 is deep. Each exists to fill in the blank for and bolster the other. Co-hosted by Hugh Johnson of Retro Game Club, and now in its third season. So if you haven't checked it out yet, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? This is Nerd Noise Radio, Channel 1. Noise from the hearts of nerds. Like me. (laughs) A program of the Nerd Noise Radio Network. Your home for the best noise from the YM2612, 
SN76489. SPC700, 2A03. HUC6280. AY38910. YM2151. LR35902. Pokey. Paula. Sid. And beyond. I'm Kitty. And I'm St. John. Thanks for listening. Join us again in October for C1E80, title TBD, featuring works from the fabulous VG cover community, OC Remix, guest hosted and produced by Hugh. And again in October for C2E15, subject TBD, but probably something something Halloween. And be on the lookout for a St. John appearance on VG Emporium. Delicious VGM on Noise from the Hearts of Nerds as well as Tasty VGM and Talk on Nerd Noise Game Club. And wherever you are... Fly the N! The, the nerd flag. That's, that's what that is. listeners for the intro and outro that was pretty scripted i mean i wrote a script and uh we actually stuck relatively close to it but for this interview part it's going to be completely unscripted i mean we've got like one or two talking points that we kind of have in the back of our head to talk about the back of your head (laughs) you've got one or two i mean oh well yeah i've got the one that i i gotta read the ending credits yes we'll get well well, not credit but the ending dialogue yeah, right. From the boss. Right, from the boss. Yeah. Yep, so we'll do that. Um, but it's going to be really freeform. In fact, this is going to probably be one of the messiest edit jobs I've ever had to do as a podcaster, but that's oh, okay. No. It's worth it. Because well, um, I'm so fly by the seat of your pants, right? Well, fly by the seat of your own pants. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you just said, I'm so fly by the seat of your pants. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I can bring. That's I can, the saying. The saying is "fly by the seat of your pants," right? Oh well, I suppose. I yeah. was gonna say I can go. Yeah. I, I can go upstairs and bring down a pair. <laughs> and I can use it as a kite. <clears throat> yes. <right? clears throat> yes. Yeah. <clears throat> or whatever kind of prop prop you want to use it for. But but anyway. Uh, so so a sail. A sail. So one yeah. thing. One thing. The more astute listeners might be noticing is. Um, like a sailboat. We sound different now. And it's because uh, for the intro and outro part, we weren't talking at the same time. So we used the good mic. We used the $400 Shure SM7B. But so that we would have a more consistent sound during the interview, I actually swapped us back to the $100 Rode pod mics. For shame. <laughs> well, no, because I figured this way we would sound more consistent. You know, it'd sure. be more. That's the reason I kept the pod mics. Because mm-hmm. like, hey, if we ever have a situation where there's two people talking at once. 
There you go. There, there it is. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> is it? Is it whoop? There it is. Whoop. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Whoops. <laughs> there well, it is. <laughs> or, or see, so, or like you know, for the video game geeks, like thwomp. There it is. Ah. You know what thwomp is, right? Please say yes. Mm-mm. In Super Mario World, you I know, see, I wasn't. I was not a Nintendo player. Okay. I was Sega Genesis, Sega CD, PlayStation, PlayStation Two, and then we went to the computer. So that was my gaming rig system, and we. Everybody else, anyone, if we went to their house, they had Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So it was like cool to see it, but it was also like, okay, yeah, Duck Hunt, fine, Mario, fine, but I'm playing the Sega Genesis with Shadow Blasters. And <laughs> you know, that actually was a way better segue than I could have hoped for, though. You know, I, I didn't grow up playing Nintendo. I grew up with Sega, like Shadow Blasters. So that's what brings us together today is yes. is Shadow Blasters. Uh, and so why don't you tell why don't you tell the tens and tens of listeners uh, <laughs> what uh, what your history with this game? Okay, well, let me tell you my history with the Sega Genesis. Okay, right. So we. It came with a game called Altered Beast, Mm -hmm. and that was fantastic. It was a great introduction to the console for us. And uh, then along the way, we ended up getting Shadow Blasters. We got Gain Ground, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I played that one with my dad the most. So there's a lot of nostalgia in Gain Ground and Shadow Blasters. (laughs) <laughs> and Toe Jam and Earl. Oh man, I always played Toe Jam because I wanted to be the little skinny alien. And my dad always played Earl, who was the the fatter alien. And Dad was bigger too. Anyway, I was so wondering if you were going to make that connection. I yeah, I wasn't. I was going to let that one go, but I'm kind of glad you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> or, no, it's that's what he preferred Earl too. Anyway, okay. So. But whenever it was like a player one, player two, that wasn't something that we fought over or anything necessarily. Um, Yeah. Another game that I would play. What's the name of it? Shining Force. Shining Force and Shining Force 2. Mm -hmm. Those those had a lot of replay value. Did you have Shining Force CD on Sega CD? No. The Sega CD, what I can remember playing on that system is Lunar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My sister actually named both of her kids after characters in that. Neat. Okay, I didn't know that. Listeners, what is making this episode is going to be a very, very heavily edited and abbreviated version of the interview. But on Archive, as a super bonus, I will post as minimally edited as possible a version of this interview and you can hear us ramble and just go a thousand different directions and you know take over a half hour to get to the the parts that are really the important point. the point because we're <laughs> friends you know we've been friends for 30 uh, a, ver- a long a long long time it was a long long time yeah, ago in a galaxy far far away freshman year for me senior year for me yeah 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 so so yeah, listeners, if you want to hear all the craziness, it'll be it'll be over there, uh, and the after after show. The after after show. You know, what maybe I'll do is I'll also include like 
as minimally edited as possible. Uh, uh, the recording of us recording the script with all the oh sure with the bloopers, the bloopers and stuff. Maybe that's maybe instead of putting a blooper reel in the actual episode because that's weird. Mm. With, if we're going to have the interview, this is where I'd normally have the blooper reel. Sure. So um, maybe instead of having a blooper reel in the episode proper. Maybe I'll just put the whole thing up on archive as mm. a super bonus. Okay. If you're really bored, if you're right? Re- yeah, if you, if you want, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> you, for those of you having trouble sleeping at night. Uh, uh, yes, <laughs> we'll put you to sleep. Well, you know, with my voice, maybe not, but yeah. <laughs> you're going to start to nod off. It'll suddenly be jolted away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so um, Shadow Blasters, tell us about that. Yes, Shadow Blasters. Okay, so I would always play two of the characters. I'd play the two on the, I don't know what order they're in anymore, but I would play Tiffany and Leo. And my dad would play Marco and the other one, Horatio. Horatio. Yes. So those those were the two that my dad got to play. And I played the other two. And uh, so Tiffany was like one of the more powerful characters i think out of them and uh so with all the power-ups because okay so you start with like a terrible weapon that's very not good (laughs) right sounds like vampire survivors we'd call it a pea shooter that she had the little ball that would just kind of and then fall (laughs) but you could power up your attack right and then you could hold down the button and then right but it's all about timing too because it's side scrolling so you need to move together and you also need to like we anticipated we knew when the the bad guy was coming so i'd power up and then he'd move forward enough for me to just and it was like a tornado was her like main ability and it would like homing track like onto the enemy so great awesome and then there was like an extra powerful move that like killed everything on the screen or did big damage to the boss, right? So we wanted to power up my character. I mean, <laughs> maybe it was just my dad being nice and giving me all the power ups, okay. you know, uh-huh. until I was at like full power. And then his character would start getting power ups. And then you can also switch between characters. So if your main character is at full power and you want to start building up the second character, you could start doing that too. Okay. And so that was a lot of fun. And that was part of the strategy and part of, you know, everything. So we tended to not go in order, you know. So Forest was like the hardest one, right? So Future is after that. Uh, and we, we would just, Forest was last. Like that, <laughs> that was the one that we always did last. Uh, and we did mountain first because that was the best way to get the power-ups and go through the easy boss and uh yeah and so we would just kind of pick and choose and mix and match and depends on how many powers we had and we knew where all the boosts were and the forest was the hardest one to get the boosts from because it would have like falling branches mm-hmm. and you had to know which ones would fall and which ones wouldn't and it, you lose all your power-ups your character's completely dead and you don't get it back like, that's how it went. Okay. <laughs> and that was fun. So you had to, like, make sure you did it right. And then, uh, I don't know which one. There was another one where you had to, like, to get both of you across, you would have to, like, jump across the bridge, and then the little fallout part would happen, and then you jump across the bridge. So then the second person that went had to go 
in the other steps that you didn't go in to jump jump across. Oh, so two people can play at the same time. Yes. Okay. Because mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I've never played this game. I've I watched a bit of the long play, but mm -hmm. that's single player, of course. And I saw the characters switch characters, you know, in the middle mm -hmm. of a match or whatever. So I knew you could do that, but I, I didn't realize you could have two people playing at the same time. I never ever played that game one player. Interesting. Okay. It was always we. I always played it with somebody, and you know, I knew the the strategy of how dad and I had come up with it. And that's the way you do it. That's how you go through it. So I don't know. My sister would play a little bit too. She liked Horatio the most because he had this big fire dragon that would do like 10 points of damage in one hit. And, you know, me thinking that uh, Tiffany's the most powerful. Hers didn't do as many hits on the power up as his did. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. You know, trade-off. Sure. I liked the homing, especially with some of them where they'd have these big, you know, round-moving, impossible to hit, you know, unless you had that homing one. Sure. Well, and when I watched the long play, uh, one thing that struck me about uh, Horatio is he reminded me a lot of Hideo from Strider. Mm. All right. Okay. All I right. believe you. <laughs> you believe me. Okay. All right. Well, the gamer, the, the listeners will know who, you know, the main character from Strider is, so... So that heavenly level, I would always play Leo mainly because he had a boomerang for his big power up and they would go in front of you and behind you because there were always bosses, you know, not bosses, but little mobs, uh, little baddies behind you mm -hmm. that you, you'd, you wouldn't even have to turn around. You'd just get them with the boomerang. So we had our little tips and tricks that we, I think that's where we were at. With tips and tricks. Um, okay, so the final boss, you didn't play any of your four characters that you played the entire game through. You would play like this other, like it's it's like a god versus a god and you're in the middle of space and the camera, like the screen is like moving this way and it's moving that way and you have to like fight that movement while you're also trying to hit the other boss but you can't run into him because then that'll hurt you too and then you've got to dodge and then it, it would switch around instead of it being scrolling to the right, it would scroll to the left and you'd have to be on that side and shooting him. So it was kind of trying to discombobulate you and it was changing all the rules and all the directions and that was exciting and fun and then when you would beat it, I have to I have to read oh. the final boss scrolling message. And read it the way you read it as a kid. <laughs> and I'll try to read it the way that I read it as a kid. Okay. Uh, but it, it, it scrolls so slow. So it's like I'm almost talking in slow motion, it feels like, right? Um, but okay. The character, like... I don't know if it's an amalgamation. I don't remember if it's an amalgamation of all the characters put together. But Hyperion is who you become for that final boss encounter. Uh, and that's important because of what he says here at the beginning. And I never understood it at first when I was like the first couple times that we played the game and finished it. I was like, I don't know what, who he's talking about, but okay. You know. Mm -hmm. But I would read it aloud so everybody could hear it because it was so exciting. You got through this game that you've been playing for hours because there's so many different and you have to do it all in one shot. Otherwise, you know, you have to start over. So you shut it off. There's no saving it. So right. it was it was an event. It was like the thing you did for the day. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. 
cursed Hyperion, I am not defeated yet. My minions are now growing beyond your powers. Reach. And, and that was the end of the sentence. <laughs> when they subjugate the human race, I shall return. And you will be destroyed. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Very dramatic reading. Bravo, bravo. Yeah. And the funniest part was the reach thing, because it's like, that's all one sentence. And I thought, like, it was going to end, but then reach? Like, <laughs> that was the next word. And then it was like, oh, okay. And so then, you know, I never lived that down with my family. So. They keep they keep uh, bringing it up. That's great. Now maybe I'll have to try to remember to do that, too. Well, when you were reading it, it's like, it took me a second to realize powers was possessive, not plural. Yes. Right, and I wanted it to be power, but then it's scrolling so fast, and you just want it to end at power, <laughs> and then it, that would be great, but it didn't. So that's why I was like, powers reach? <laughs> like, <laughs> my powers reach. Ah, now I get it, you know? <laughs> but it's scrolling so slow, and you just, you don't see it. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's that's really kind of an ominous ending. That's not like, yeah. you know, hey, let's go out for pizza after this, it's, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's great. The world's ending. Do we have time to hit a drive through on the way? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know. I just, I loved the ending. I loved how, uh, I don't know. It was just satisfying every time. It had so much replayability for me, even though we already had this plotted out path and this is the way you go and this is how you do it and this is the strategy. It was just, you know, teaching somebody else the strategy. That was its own fun too. And then they suck at the game. So I'm like carrying them along the way and, and that's fun too. Um, would you say the Hyperion battle is one of your favorite battles of all time? Now the battle itself, it's, it's interesting uh, because they played around with the uh, everything that you knew from the beginning of the game, it's like somebody else developed to the end. Somebody else was like, aha, no, this is how we're going to do it. And then you're like, what? This doesn't really fit. It doesn't make sense, but it's still good, right? Because okay. <laughs> at the very, like, I didn't even know I was trying to fight against this big evil guy that had minions and whatever. It's, it's, it's like a different part of the, I don't know. Like it, it belongs in a different game, but it still made me happy that it was in this one. I don't know. So the, the battle itself was like, it wasn't necessarily my favorite boss battle, um, but it was different and that made it cool. Okay. Well, cause I was thinking like, you know, what, what would be some of my favorite final battles? And I am so non-committal. Mm -hmm. Like I said in the intro, you know, yeah, yeah. You know hey, what's your favorite? I've, I've got my friend Dave LeBlanc and he always says, hey, favorite game, go. And I'm like, I feel real pain here. You know, you just made 500 people run through the bedroom door in my head. You know, mm -hmm, it's just, you know, mm -hmm. but, but, uh, Favorite? me, EverQuest. Okay. Yeah. I was very addicted to that game. I remember. Yeah. I remember. And, and I, all I, I never played EverQuest. All I remember is the box art with the lady wearing blue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The elf chick. I, yeah, I guess so. Yep, but she was a high elf, you see? <laughs> the lady in blue. Yeah. Yeah. And she was a wizard. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Well, so I'm too noncommittal to say like, oh, this is definitely my favorite or top five or top 10. But when we were, when I asked you the question, favorite battle, there were two battles that came to mind. Okay. Uh, and they're both from the same game, same game franchise. They're both Metroid games, which I know mm -hmm. is Nintendo. And so you, you sure. know, kind of missed that. But uh, um, the final battle in Super Metroid on Super Nintendo, you were fighting Mother Brain. And basically, she's just having a field day with you, right? Like you can hardly do a thing to her and everything she does like just pummels you. And then mm -hmm. you get to a certain point and then she basically just blasts you with this beam that takes you down to like one hit. Mm -hmm. And there was at the beginning, at the end of Metroid 2, you find a baby Metroid on this planet and you take it back to the research center. And at the beginning of Metroid 3, it gets stolen and it comes up a couple times in the story. And you actually, towards the end of the game, you encounter this baby Metroid, which is now a giant Metroid. And it starts to kill you until it realizes who you are and then it backs off and takes off right well right as you're about to be killed by mother brain because she takes blasts you with this beam and then you're at one point life and then you see her start to charge up to do it again the metroid lands on her head and is like sucking all the life out of her and like she's like can't do anything about it and uh she basically turns to stone and then the Metroid comes off and lands on you and starts giving you all the health that it just took from Mother Brain. I would be scared having well, it land on me and be like, "Oh no, you're Medusa." It's like it's like rever <laughs> reverse reverse siphoning. Yeah, sure, you know? sure. So, but, but okay, of course, it's that's not the end. You start to see like smoke coming out of Mother Brain's mouth, and then she comes back to life and just pummeling the Metroid while the Metroid is fueling you back up. Mm. And then the Metroid gets up and comes back for another attack and then Mother Brain kills it and it dies and lands on you and giving you this like super powerful weapon. And now all of a sudden you're just like throwing Mother Brain around like a rag doll with this this weapon that you got from the dead Metroid. And I literally, I mean like I literally yelled at the TV screen because it was such a powerful moment and it was kind of like, take this you bitch. Like, like the, it builds up this, you know, it's it's... I can't, I can't describe the emotions in this moment. It's just mm. like you are feeling all these emotions and you are basically throwing this superpower around like it's a stuffed animal. Mm. And then, of course, you finally do kill her. Mm -hmm. And that's satisfying. And then like most Metroid games, you have to escape, <clears throat> mm. you know, because the world's about to blow up. But mm. um, And then Super Met or uh, Metroid Prime on the GameCube. The Metroid Prime battles. It's a two-phase battle, and the second phase is actually—it's the first phase that I really like. It's okay. just this really—it doesn't you don't—it doesn't have like that big emotional hit like the Super Metroid battle, but it's like this mm. protracted dance between you and the Metroid Prime, and it's just and like there's like four different caverns, so you'll do enough damage to Metroid Prime, and it'll like tunnel into the next one and then you have this animation of Samus running and then like leaping into the next one standing back up and then you retrain your sight on the Metroid Prime again and it's just really great all right yeah so so yeah if you ever get a chance to play those games you should you do you guys have a my switch? husband Metroid yeah he was all about it do you guys have a switch mm -hmm. you do okay all mm -hmm. right do you guys have Nintendo He's Switch online? He's trying to get me to play them, and I'm just... I, I think they're great. I Look, yeah. okay, so we've talked about how I was... Chrono Trigger, that was one that he tried to get me to play. And I was like, I just... 
maybe back in the day I could have played it, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. now it's just, I don't know. I don't oh. have the patience like I used to, you sure. know, to speak to each and every character and find all the little hidden treasure chests that are out in the woods. You know, if you walk through this part, this little hidden part, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, well, so we talked already about how I was a bigger, I'm a bigger Genesis fan than a Super Nintendo fan. Yeah. Um, so it sounded like you said we talked dirty instead of we talked already. Oh, <laughs> Well, <laughs> listeners, just go back and yeah, yeah. go back and and we'll see whether I did or didn't say that. But, <laughs> but we so we have already discussed. Yes, already <laughs> discussed how um, I'm a bigger Genesis fan than Super Nintendo fan. Mm-hmm. I'm also Sega in '80s arcade games. Sega was my favorite company. So in those two in those two microcosms, mm-hmm. I'm a Sega guy. But if you zoom. F- all the way out and look yeah. at the world of gaming as a whole. I always have been and probably always will be a Nintendo guy. Mm. And so I'm all about computer at this point. Sure. Yeah. Well, you, okay. No consoles for me, really. Well, you know, at this, this point anymore. The system I play the most is the Steam Deck, which is technically a PC. Mm. All right. All right. <laughs> Rock on. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> okay. All right. So. I just, I find like one game to hone in on or zoom in on. And that's like the game that I play until somebody begrudgingly has me play a different game. And then, oh, now I'm sucked into this one. Now this is the one, you know. What I do is I try to find one game to like, one big game to like really immerse in. Mm. Uh, I just did that with Tears of the Kingdom on, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom on the Switch. And I just did that with Horizon Forbidden West on the PS5. And I recently did that with Cyberpunk 2077 Mm. on the Steam Deck. Mm -hmm. So those were the three recent ones, those three. But- Baldur's um, Gate, that's, my husband is playing it like crazy and he loves it. My friend- The newest one, three. Uh, well, I haven't touched three yet, but my yeah. friend uh, Joshua Lack will sometimes give me games on Steam. Like if he buys oh, a bu- nice. if he buys a bundle and he's sure. already got one of the games, he'll he'll send me the Steam code and cute. So yeah, he, Joshua's a great guy, really great guy, and he actually listens once in a while. So maybe his ears just perked up. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But uh, anyway, um, and he'll know he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> he he is he is he <laughs> Joshua is is a is. Yes, adorable. <laughs> Any, anyway, um, he uh, gave me Baldur's Gate 2. Okay. And I haven't fired it up yet. Sorry, Jeshua, but I do have Whoa. it. <laughs> I, know, I know. But anyway, so I'll, I'll either, I basic, my two modes for gaming are uh, either lock in mm-hmm. and put ton, just tons and tons of hours mm-hmm. in one particular game, mm-hmm. or I'll do the merry-go-round with like a few minutes and a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. no, I'm just, I'm locking, like, let's go. Like, wow, there for a while. Uh, League of Legends. Mm. I like I like playing that. Because it has a couple of modes that I'm interested in, so I can switch between, like, three different modes, and I'm, I'm good with that. Sure. And it's free, which is nice. You know, okay, so one, okay, so one, there is one game that kind of lands in this weird middle. It's a, it's a game that I play... A crap ton of, mm. but it's a game that you don't that you can play real briefly. Uh, it's it's Rocket League. Mm. Have you ever played Rocket League? I have not. Okay, I thought you were going to say like Tetris or something. No, um, 
I, I do play Tetris Effect when I'm, in, mm. you know, wanting to relax and yeah. take in all the sights and, and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's kind of my favorite game for that kind of situation. But they have like a lamp that has all the little different pieces put together. It's very cute. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, too much. It's too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Everything nowadays, right? I just spent for the first, I used to do this all the time mm. back when money was more abundant sure back when money wasn't so tight yeah i'd go to the asian market and just spend a hundred bucks you know like like 70 bucks on stuff i knew and 30 bucks on stuff i had no idea what it was Mm. you know just to explore sure well today was the first time in probably a year or two Mm. that i've been able to spend a hundred bucks at an asian grocery store Mm. and it was distressing how many fewer bags i had today sure sure than the last time i did this you're so much more adventurous than than I am both with you know games and food and I don't know I, I find what I like and I stick with it well you know it's funny as we talked as we as we're studying uh, or, or as I'm pursuing <clears throat> these diagnoses these diagnoses for ADHD and autism yeah. <clears throat> it's it typically an autistic person isn't going to be a real adventurous eater but an ADHD person will be, mm. you know, because they need that dopamine. They need that novelty. And mm. it's funny that um, I can feel both at work, you know, because a lot of the times I'm like, oh, I want to go explore the world through my dinner plate. Mm. Right. Sure, sure. And and we'll just like, I'm not even sure how to pronounce this, but I love it. You know, or I saw an article about this thing that I don't know how to pronounce and it sounds amazing and let's go make it. Right. And, and those are all very ADHD things. But then it's like, mm. well, I need, okay, so now I'm feeling I need comfort food. And so I always sure. go, so <clears throat> if I, the for the adventure eater in me, American Chinese food is not the, the vibe. It's that like, it's not the way. It's, yeah, it's a joke, right? You know, but <clears throat> for the comfort food person in me, yeah, there is nothing in the world better than American Chinese food, mm. you know, mm. uh, like, like I, and you know what though? Actually, I take back what I said about American Chinese food being a joke for, uh, hmm. it, well, because like you go as you learn and as you grow and learn as an adventure eater, you go from thinking this is Chinese food mm-hmm. to thinking mm-hmm. there is no connection between this and Chinese food whatsoever. Right. To then realizing there is a tenuous connection. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, okay, so maybe this isn't Chinese, but it's like its own culinary tradition. It's like, sure. yeah, yeah, it's, it's American food more than it's Chinese food. And I can tell you what I always get no matter where I go. Okay. Cashew chicken, no baby corn. <sighs> I love baby corn. Um, oh no. <clears throat> oh no. Okay. All right. It fine. ruins the whole thing. Uh, it doesn't. Okay. Well, if you ever go for Chinese food, you can, you can. Put, I'll give you the baby corn. There you go. Right. But <laughs> well, I usually will mix and mix it up. You know, like I don't always order the same thing. Sometimes if I really want like ultra comfort. I might get sweet and sour, you know. Oh, or... sure. That's it's a very rare thing for me with that, but I do like uh, beef and broccoli. Okay, That's pretty good too. Uh, or I'll get general chicken. You mm. and you know you talk about like we talk about like American Chinese food being its own culinary tradition. Well, there's like yeah. different sub traditions because you know like mm-hmm. sometimes sweet and sour is like with the onions and the celery, or I'm sorry, mm. the onions and the green peppers and the mm-hmm. carrots and all that stuff. And sometimes it's just basically glorified tempura nuggets with just right. sauce on the side, right? Right. Uh, and it's, so it's the same way with General Sal. There's this, um, <clears throat> there's the one kind that's like 
the bre- soft breaded dark meat chicken in like a really dark sauce with like steamed broccoli off to the side. That's by far my favorite kind of anything calling itself General Sao. And mm. there's a restaurant right up the street, Taste of China, that I don't get to order from nearly as much as I'd like. But when I do, I always order, I usually order two things. Mm. Uh, I'll order General Sao and then X. And X is oftentimes revolving. I see. Something, you know. Like something adventurous, something so, new. Something, well, even, yeah, some or, yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. there's, the, I'm appeasing the autistic and the ADHD person, like, uh, sure, let's get my sure. comfort food. A little and bit then of let's, both. Yeah, yeah. Best of both worlds. Well, no, best of both worlds would be Taste of China, General South Chicken, and then, like, something from actual China, like, you know, Fuj, the, like uh. Fujian region or whatever, mm. you know, that you can't really find in America. Sure. You know, so that'd be best of both. I see. <laughs> but... Best of both that you can conveniently get in the Midwest right. would be would would be like the general, and then like maybe this time it'll be egg food egg food young. Maybe this time it'll be like Buddha's delight. You know, like so let's do a fried. The, when you said the general, though, it just made me think insurance. Oh, I know, I know, I know. For a great real price, you can get you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and save some time. I know. I, yeah, I hate, those, hate those commercials. <laughs> That's how they get you. I you know. remember their little gruffy jingle. I know. Right? I know that. <laughs> mustache the marketing it's wormed its way into our brains i hate it i hate it i hate (laughs) it although i had an idea for a great commercial one time we are so off topic that happens well okay so anyone who is anyone who's listening to this which may be nobody (laughs) who's still spiraling down the rabbit hole which may be nobody Mm. uh because well it may not even make archive or if it well no it'll make archive it'll make archive uh but Anyone who's listening to this, uh, this is less a proper interview because John doesn't know how to do interviews. He doesn't have experience oh. with interviews. Well, if you had like a card set and you had like the questions set I didn't out. have time to do that because I didn't even have time to write the... I, you were sitting there watching <laughs> me write the script because I didn't have time to do that. But uh, <laughs> but so... I'm very this, patient. You are. This is less <laughs> uh, an interview and more just a random conversation with a f- longtime friend. Yeah. But... Um, this, this is how our conversations go. And, you know, if you want to hear more of it, let us know in the comments down below. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there's comments. I've never seen archives, so I don't even know what I'm going to be on. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's not a ringing endorsement. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, you know, if, if people wanted to hear us bullshitting more in the future, I'd be open to that. Well, so, so the way archive works with Nerd Noise Radio mm. is... When the show first launched, I just put it everywhere and I put it on archive and I would notice I go out of my way to avoid looking at the numbers because if mm-hmm. they go down, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like crushing. Sure. Like, 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 why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Crushing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if they go up, I'm just like, I'm a rock star, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the ebb and flow of all that is just like way too emotional for me. So I bend over backwards to not look. Now I know that I think all the podcasts have had a drop in listeners since COVID. Mm. So it wouldn't surprise me if I'm not pulling these numbers now and I'm not, I'm going, I'm making a focused effort to not find out. Yes. Uh, But pre-COVID, from the very beginning of the show all the way through, it was really consistent. I wanted to keep a profile. I wanted to keep a presence on archive because it would outlive me. Sure. Uh, But I, I, nothing was happening over there, you know. Between five and twenty percent of my listeners were were even turning up there, mm. and all I was doing was giving them what they could fi- already find elsewhere. Sure. So I thought, <clears throat> bonus content. Bingo! It's turned into like kind of a pseudo insider secret club. Sure. 
right? Like, I mean, it's not behind a paywall. It's not behind a login wall. So it's not a true insider. I mean, any, mm-hmm. any stranger off the internet could stumble upon it, right? Sure. But <clears throat> I thought, why don't we use this to do things, special things? Yeah, something that, different. That I couldn't get away, that I could never dream of getting away with on the podcast feed. Mm-hmm. Sure. And provide extra content for, because I don't do, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of podcasters will do Patreon. Mm, you sure, know, sure. And, and, but I don't want to do that because like my whole thought is I have not made a penny off nerd noise radio mm. and I want to stay that way mm. because if the crackdown ever comes, you know, which is actually less abstract now that Nintendo is being Nintendo. Mm. Um, <clears throat> if the crackdown ever comes and I can show them, I haven't made a penny realistically, all they could really do to me is tell me to knock it off. I mean, if mm. they wanted to make an example out of me, they could sue me. Mm. But what does that gain them when I only have a hundred listeners? Well, not only that, but you're kind of giving them free marketing, right? Free. The, oh, this is so awesome, and this is pa- a passion of mine, and it's so exciting, and this is a great thing. You know, you're almost like an influencer for them. Doesn't they don't seem to think that no. way? <laughs> they, I, they don't. They don't seem to think that way. But but anyway, if the but I'm not big enough to make a viable example. Sure. Sure. <clears throat> So therefore, and that's where I would get uh, yeah. knocked down a peg, right? Yeah. Cut my legs at the knees. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> but so rea- realistically, all they could realistically do to me if I've not made a penny is just Cease tell me to and s- assist. Just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and whereas if I've been making money off this, they might say, "You owe me money." Is is that money I smell? Yeah. I like money. Yeah. Give me it. <laughs> yeah. Give it. I need a cut. <laughs> Yeah, well, or just the whole thing. In oh, sure, songs. sure. Give you me know. the whole thing because you didn't ask permission. And even if you did, I would have said no. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You took my pickles, so you have to give me two jars of pickles. Yes. Right. Right. So so that's what I want to avoid. So, sure. So sure. That's, Makes so th- sense. So therefore, I don't do Patreon. I don't have a Patreon. Mm. So the archive kind of acts as like a free Patreon. Okay. You know, anyone who wants to bother with going over there to look will find stuff there that isn't anywhere else. Mm. Sure, sure. And it could be... It could be something I don't want to clog the, something I think is worth making and something I think is worth sharing with the world, but something I don't want to quote unquote clog the podcast feed with. Sure. Or that just doesn't get shown to anyone or you know it just gets lost to the void well otherwise because so, that's the cuts that's the edit cutting room floor well i have done that and we're in the middle of doing making something that i'll do that with but yeah. but um i'll release regular episodes early you know because i'll get an episode done and then i'll upload it to podbean but i'll schedule it out you know mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, i'm mm-hmm. I made it on August 1st. I uploaded it on August 1st, and the listeners will hear it September 1st. Mm-hmm. Okay, or whatever. Sure. Well, Archive doesn't have a schedule ahead feature. Mm. But I found that if I wait, I'll forget and not upload it. So mm. I'm like, there's only five or ten yeah. you know, people here. Why not just upload it now? And the lucky maybe it's a taste of what they're going to the hear f- later. The lucky few who hear it on Archive. Yeah get to hear it a month ahead of the rest of the world right sure. you cute. know cute. yeah so i do that and then i um you know i'll, I'll do remixes of episodes sometimes like so you know channel mm-hmm. two where hugh and i are talking about all this music i'll take a music only version with no conversation mm-hmm. it's kind of like a channel one but mini and with no intro or after it's like a headless mm-hmm. mini channel one i see and i'll put that out on archive yeah 
you know, or uh, when we did the ba- when we did backtracks, the backwards episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the the episode was fifty tracks, but I spent literally six months before that episode doing listening to almost nothing but like three hundred pieces of backwards video game music, trying to figure out what I wanted because mm-hmm. I was taking this project very seriously. Mm-hmm. Well, all all three hundred some pieces eventually made it over to archive, so wow. you could on archive you can anything just look through archive for anything that says backtracks and you'll find every piece of music i heard in the process of trying to figure out what to share with the listeners so they can be as painstaking as you were if they want to yeah but i didn't clog the podcast feed with it you know because like right like if i if i (laughs) too much if i like foisted 300 pieces of backwards video game music on the listener yeah yeah i probably would chase them all off well maybe well, there'd be the depends on the there'd be the five yeah, there'd person. be there'd be the small number of weirdos who would totally geek on it like I did. <laughs> sure, but the average Joe would be mm. like, "This is the average me." Couldn't handle this, right? <clears throat> you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's what archive is. Okay. And that's how we got there, and that's how we got here in this conversation. Mm. And so that's what you're going to end up. That's where you're going to end up. This mm. whole, you know, unedited big giant mess of a thing will be over there hmm. okay. um okay so all right now we we've now we have to take stock we we've talked about shadow blasters you got to Some, do you got yes. to deliver your line yeah i got to read the what i was most passionate about was the reading that end part with reach and you got to we we we, <laughs> we, we reached it ah yes <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. You totally blew that. Oh, well, you know, that happens. <clears throat> yeah. That's how I speak. I know. I know. I know. I know. <clears throat> and, and now the listeners know. Yeah. Well, you know, blare out your eardrums. Sorry. Don't wear headphones, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully no one crashed into anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so. If you were falling asleep, I'll wake you up, right? So let's think about what else we need to do uh, so we can at least have a very rough roadmap. There was one thing you wanted to do. Oh, yes. I wanted to know about, okay, so at the outro, we talk about, it it goes, a program of the Nerd Noise Radio Network. Your home for the best noise from the, and then it just has letters and numbers and. Special characters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's special. And uh, I didn't know what any of them were and so and you so, wanted me to tell you yes so the ym2612 is well so uh, um let me get there a little less direct way so oh less direct i know All well right. this is me uh, i like to be like what do you mean this is what i mean pleasantries now nah, we don't need them well tell me what you want. <laughs> so there's backstory it, there, it, ah. this isn't happening in a vacuum okay so nerd noise radio channel one the podcast launched in january of 2017 I'm going to kick you. Sorry. But Nerd Noise Radio as an entity began in January of 2013 on Facebook. Nerd Noise Radio got started on Facebook as just a page to geek out about video game music. Okay. So I'd share tracks, and then sometimes I would do these things called Geek Speak. Did you have somebody ask you to make a podcast, or did you just bring that upon yourself? I wanted to do it. Okay. I didn't have a great sense of what I wanted. You know, I didn't have mm-hmm. a good vision until as we got closer to 2017. Uh, but anyway, um, I'd have this thing called Geek Speak, and I, it always had to be in all caps, mm. right? That was part of the, the the motif, you know, okay. Geek Speak in all caps. And I would get into the tech, you know, like 
oh, well, so this is what's happening with the sound chip. You know, this is, did you notice that? That's a, just a plain sine wave. That's what every sound in Sega Genesis is made out of is like pitting sine waves against each other to make new waveforms. You know, or just stuff like that, you know, like, did you notice how the samples chopped? You know, just all that kind of stuff. And I can't write short to save my life. I think it's the, <laughs> I think, I think it's the exuberance of ADHD with the social ineptitude of autism combining to make it so I cannot write short to save my life. Sure. I, that's the opposite. You'll send me this long text where I have to scroll through it and then I'll be like, K, enter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I've also heard that data dumps are an autistic love language. Okay. And so it's an outburst of passion, you know, like, okay. and like, I can't, I can see in 3D but I'm not good at converting it to 2D for general audiences. So here's the whole massive mega ultra King Kong thing, right? And it's funny that you're the editor for this. I know, I know. <laughs> when you have I, that, I know. you know. I know. Like, how do you do it? Well. The other side takes over? The other side takes over. Yeah. But yeah, but anyway, okay. so I do these geek speak things and it was part just part of my milieu, right? You know, so I thought as an homage to the geek speak of the social media day, I would include this burst at the end of the outro. You're home for the best noise from the YM2612, SN76489, SPC, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So what those are, are those are the names of the sound chips in various video game systems. Oh. You know, like the actual name of the chip. Ah. So the YM2612. What about the video then? You know, but this is noise radio, though. <laughs> this is about video game. This is an yes, audio podcast about I, video game music. Connected. I yeah, got it okay, now. Right, right, right. I mean, like, like, what about seeing? I believe it now. Okay. All right. So, but anyway, so yeah, the YM2612 is the, mm. the primary sound chip, the FM sound chip in the Sega Genesis. The SN76489 is the supplemental, supplemental sound chip, the PSG sound chip in the Sega Genesis. It was also... The sound what chip, does PSG mean? Pro- programmable sound generator. So like the square waves. Like, the, Okay, one thing we didn't get to talk about that I had actually meant to bring up is you're the reason I had a Sega Master System. So you, there. Yeah, so there. You, <laughs> you, well, okay, so like if we reround all the way back to like 1991 when we were like getting, or like when the Super Nintendo was coming out, I remember seeing the white boxes that said Sega on them and I knew that it was this, <clears throat> a system called Sega Master System and I knew it was a competitor to the NES. <clears throat> but by the time, I'm starting to lose my voice, <clears throat> but by the time 19... You're out of water. I know no, you I got am. a little bit. Yeah, well, but by, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> you got the backwash. <laughs> <clears throat> but by the time 1998 had rolled around, I had literally forgotten about the Master System mm. that it had ever existed. Mm. <clears throat> and so when you handed me the system, I was like, Oh my God, this is an 8-bit Sega. This is the NES. This this is the NES of Sega. And it was so, it was such a radical paradigm thing for me, right? <clears throat> well, okay, so you know how the diff- how the, the Master System sounds so much more chippy and bleepy than the Genesis? Sure. Okay. The bleepiness is the PSG. It's just square waves. Okay. And so that's the, the SN76489. The Genesis added this robust FM synthesis chip, uh, which is what the majority of the sounds you hear on the Sega Genesis are. Uh, but a lot of games will actually use both chips at once. So like Sonic, okay. the majority of the sounds are coming from the FM chip, but some of those kind of bleepy sounds over top are actually the PSG. It's actually, if you wanted to be morbid about it, it's kind of the ghost the ghost of the master system inside the Genesis. 
no, making right. that sound. <clears throat> because when they designed the Genesis, they actually designed all of the major components of the master system into it because they envisioned backwards compatibility. In fact, there was a mm. adapter, a power base. They called it the power base converter. You'd plug it into the cartridge slot on the Genesis, and then it had a slot for master system games. We had that. Okay, yeah, right. So, I don't. I don't remember it being called all those things. I just remember having that. Yeah. Putting it and then putting the other. Well, in, in order for that to work, you have to have all the major chips from the master system. And they're not in that power base converter. They're actually in the Genesis. Mm. And so rather than just letting them sit in the system and rot, mm -hmm. they found ways to use them all in Sega Genesis games. Mm. So <clears throat> so the, anyway, that's, that's the deal there. And then the SPC 700 is the sampler system sound the sound system of the super nintendo which is a sampler take like a little tiny sound clip and manipulate it or stack them and stuff and that's how you get music so making music on the genesis is like playing with play-doh whereas making music on the super nes is like playing with legos okay so and they each are more limiting and freeing in certain ways sure so uh the 2a03 is the sound chip in the, in the original nintendo well, it was actually a hybrid chip. It was the CPU plus the sound hardware and the NES. Okay. And actually, the Turbo Graphics was a far more powerful system than the NES, NES, but in terms of the design style, it's the same. So the HUC6280 is the CPU plus the sound hardware on the Turbo Graphics. Uh, AY38910 was uh, another PSG chip that was used in things like the MSX or a lot of arcade games of the early 80s used that chip. Okay. Uh, YM2151 is another FM chip, like what's in Genesis, but more powerful. And it was used in a ton of arcade games in like the late 80s and early 90s. A little, little bit in mid-80s, too. Uh, it was the YM2151. Now, were the arc arcade sound chips like more expensive? Is yes. That... Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to get too into the weeds, but there are actually <laughs> certain, way, certain little ways where the YM2612 is more powerful than the YM2151. But in big picture, the YM2151 is by far, the, is definitely the more capable FM chip. Okay. Uh, LR35902 is the CPU slash sound system in the Game Boy. Okay. Uh, and then Pokey is the sound system in like the Atari 8-bit computers. So that's the 8-bit computers plus the Atari 5200. Uh, a, a like one or two Atari 7800 games had Pokey chips inside the cartridge so they could have 5200 style sound like Ball Blazer. Uh, mm -hmm. Paula is a sound is the sound system in the Commodore Amiga computer, which is both in turns both better and worse than Super Nintendo. But like Super Nintendo, it's samp it's sample based. It's a sampler. Uh, and so far as I know, Paula was actually the first sampler in video games. And then Sid is the sound chip in the Commodore sixty four. And if you're not familiar with the difference between a Commodore sixty four and a Commodore Amiga. Commodore Amiga is to Commodore 64 what Super Nintendo is to Nintendo. Okay. So, and then beyond. And beyond. <laughs> so that's what it is. So, okay. So if you wanted me to read it in a more, in a less nerdy way. Okay. <clears throat> you're home for the best noise from the Sega Genesis, Sega Master System, Super Nintendo, Nintendo, TurboGrafx-16, MSX, Arcade, Game Boy, Atari 5200, Commodore Amiga, Commodore 64, and beyond. Cute. I'm not going to change the script. I'm going to stick with the... <laughs> I'm it... not trying to convince you to <laughs> change it. I just wanted to know what it was between, you know, behind all of these, 
letters and numbers that I'm going to skim over because I don't know what it is. Well, now you do. You know? Now you do. And when you when you listen to the finished episode because you're on it, you're going to be like, I know what that means. Right. And I'll be like, I don't remember which order, but it's like the different consoles. Different <laughs> different sound different sound chips in the systems, yes. And the last one was Commodore of one of the degrees. Yeah, yeah some know. degree of Commodore. And the first one was Sega. That's... You know, that's what I care about. That's my jam. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> that's where I live. Yeah. 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 So, um, what's funny is over over the course of the life of the show, I have I I guess I was always this way, but I've become more and more this way over the life of the show. I I share more tracks that are not even old school video games, like they're mm. modern video games that don't use sound chips like this. Mm. So it's kind of an anachronism. You know, it's like like. Like, you said and beyond, so it's not inaccurate. I didn't say inaccurate. I said, <laughs> okay, all right. Anachronism, Ana which I don't know. <laughs> anachronism. It's kind of, it's, oh, yeah. anachronism. Yeah. Got so, it. I'm, I'm, you're blurring your words together. <laughs> and I haven't even been drinking. But so. I know, but that's how I hear it. I, I, and I hear wrong half the time anyway. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure half the people listening to this are like, this bitch over here, you know, with, with half of what I've got to say. So, oh, you know, but it's fine. It's fine. Judge all you like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, we, I'm sure they are. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you wanted to ask about that. Kitty and I continue this conversation at great length. I mean, we're talking like two and a half hours mm. uh, of uh, some of it semi-professional quality interview and most of it banter and, and nonsense. Uh, it will be, I'll release it with a, just the barest of minimum edits over on archive as a super bonus, but do beware it. We go into subjects that are acutely not related to video games at all, uh, that are very deep, very serious, uh, very mature, uh, could be potentially offensive to certain audiences, but I feel was important enough and weighty and valuable enough to at least put it on archive. I, I My original intention was actually to include it in the proper episode, but between Kitty and I, we decided that A, since it's so far afield from the subject of video games, since it's so charged a subject, and since, you know, I haven't had a chance to clear this with Hugh, and I consider Hugh a partner. You know, I we decided we're going to go ahead and relegate those topics to the super bonus. So I heartily encourage you to check it out, but check it out with those caveats in place. Beware, uh, or as the as the Scar and Lion King said, "Be prepared." Hmm. Well, Kitty, it's been fantastic having you on. Is there anything you want to say before we go? First of all, thank you for letting me share my love of this video game and how it has lived in my head and brings back all the fun nostalgia that I had in, in the beginning in the first place, not just from the music, but... It's, it's hard to explain, and I don't want to explain nostalgia, you know? I understand. It takes you back to a place. And nostalgia rose colors. So life was yes. almost never as good back then as the memory. Yeah. But the memory is so magical. 
I, it is. Well, well, it's it's bringing magic to not only my life but other people who have experienced it. Any of those people who have been there too, it, it's it's like a warm hug, you know, of of a better time, even if it wasn't better. <laughs> Yeah, even if the better was just illusory or illusory, you know, or illusionary. Just, no, illusory is a word. Okay, tell yeah. me illusory. Okay. Yeah, illusory. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it is a real word. <laughs> okay. Um, even if it's illusory, it certainly feels like it was a better time. Absolutely. <clears throat> and if nothing else, holding on to the memory in the way that you want to have it sometimes it's hard to find happiness in the world and this is just a little grain of sand that you can turn into a desert for an hour or uh, two you, hours however long yeah yeah well i'll tell you real quick how nostalgia works for me it's in small doses we talk about nostalgia as bittersweet mm. and bittersweet is such an interesting phrase because it's bitter and sweet you feel mm. both feelings well for me, nostalgia in small doses is overwhelmingly sweet. Like, over, er, overwhelming is not the right word. Overpoweringly sweet. You feel like you've, you're going back in time. You feel like you're... Euphoria. Euphoria. You feel like you're, you're literally traveling back to that. What it feels like is you're literally traveling back in time to that period. <clears throat> but the longer you stay in nostalgia, the more bitter it becomes. Because... Then you miss it. Because and, and you realize it's not real. You're mm -hmm. not back. And then you f you feel like you're locked out of the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you Looking know, in through and a never window. Can, never can go back. Through a concave window that pops up with a monster if you get too close. <laughs> like Yes, yes. Speaking of nostalgia. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I try to kind of limit my nostalgia you know my mm. deep dive in nostalgia sure because yeah a brief visit is wonderful but a, a protracted visit is agonizing mm. you want it to be like a dream and not a waking nightmare <laughs> i had the first i had my first proper nightmare in like three or four years the other night mm. you know the huge backyard and in our in our house in real life the huge backyard there was like this i don't know what the term is you know like a flock of geese a herd of sheep a murder of crows mm -hmm. a swarm of bees i don't know what the descriptor term is for a group of bears mm. but these were large menacing bears and there was like 10 of them and they were besieging the house mm. and it felt so real and it felt so powerful and it felt so terrifying like i remember even as the I saw the bears go to leave and thinking this horrible, bitter thought, oh, good, there's someone else. They're going to be someone else's problem. Like, mm. they're going to... You don't have to run outrun the bear. You just have to outrun your friend, yeah. right? Well, just, you know, they're going Our to go... Th they could potentially kill people, right? Mm. Go off and kill people, but it's not going to be me. Right. You know, um, but there was one that remained and it was kind of pawing through the kitchen window. And I remember laying on the floor right by the sink and in dream logic, I, I was able to see through the the, mm -hmm. the cabinets to the window and just watching that claw, just waiting. It's so like, if it, if it realizes I'm here, it's going to attack for real. Now it's just exploring. So right. I have to wait it out and let it lose interest. And 
feeling the real terror of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, it's, it's been years and years and years since I've had a proper nightmare and that, mm-hmm. that one, and then you wake up and it takes like five minutes to realize it was just a dream. Calm down from the panic. Yeah. 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 I do realize just now. That's okay. I, I had this brief little burst of like, hey, I'm a real interviewer and now, I've, now it's gone again. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Okay. So for the purposes of the proper episode, mm-hmm. uh, there is more to hear on archive.org uh, again be prepared that it, we very much leave the subject of video games in a very profound way because so, we talk about a book that is a memoir of th- mine that is not <laughs> about video games correct <laughs> uh, and it's yeah so so do beware but I still heartily encourage you to check it out uh, we are going to end the proper episode recording now but we're going to keep talking for a little bit longer and that will be in the super bonus as well so um Say goodbye to the group, Kitty. Goodbye to the group, Kitty. (laughs) Comb the (laughs) desert. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. And wherever you are, fly the end. Bye.